Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to another engaging episode of the Now Share with Dr. Dave podcast. Uh, today, we're diving into what makes work more than just a paycheck, fun and joy. So I want to let you know that incorporating fun and joy into your working environment is not a luxury, but a necessity. You know, we have studies that have showed teams with high morale are more engaged and creative. So I, I want you to think about the brands you love, and I bet you prioritize fun and joy as well. And today we have the wonderful Nicole Rains who's joining us. And, and I'm so excited. So, hello, Nicole. How are you? I'm well, Dr. Dave. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, always, always. Um, what music is rocking your spirit this morning? I know you love music, so I have to start there. <laughs> uh, that is so funny, uh, Dr. Dave. Uh, the song that I actually has been on kind of repeat in my, my head right now is... Uh, Golden, living my life like it's golden by Jill Scott. Um, mm. Actually, and got to enjoy some live music on Tuesday. I went to see an artist by the name of LP, and then um, uh, tomorrow going to see the Dave Matthews Band. So, oh, that should be so fun! Yes, yes, uh, really looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, but right now it's it's golden. That's kind of my go to i'm happy it's playing in my head this morning because it's my pick me up uh so being able to have a little bit of jill scott today uh you know that's a great place to start with such a great artist so let's just jump in and, and start having this conversation so when we think many associate leadership with discipline strategy and serious deliberation how do you see fun and joy fitting into you know the lexicon of generative leadership that's a great question, Dr. Dave. So um, being able to have your whole self um, and being able to have those elements of fun and uh, being able to know that um, being able to have fun is not actually the opposite of discipline. Sometimes we try to make these binary distinctions like it's either this or that, but being able to know that you can be all those things and still incorporate fun. Um, it brings to mind even the, the disc profile where I, as in terms of a working style, are typically those who want to infuse some fun and, and whatnot into the, the work style that they have. So it's not something that sits outside of our leadership skills. It's something that's really much um, a part of it and can generate creativity, can generate, you know, being able to have more creative problem solving all those different things that we think about when we think about leadership. No, that that's, that's so true that, you know, all of the different elements that it brings out in, in human beings when they're having fun and they have some joy. So it, share some, an experience where incorporating, you know, fun and joy directly impacted your poor, your team's performance or your performance or an organizational success. Sure. Um, so the thing that comes to mind is uh, back when I worked for a nonprofit and I actually became a director and we were just going to, undergoing a lot of shifts and changes within the organization. 
And typically my working style was really uh, pretty much disciplined and organized, but seeing um, that the team needed more, it was being able to bring up more of the, let's talk about what's gonna work for you. Let's talk about fun. And I sat and assessed uh, uh, and taught, meaning that I talked to each team member and asked them what you know brought them in, what gave them you know pleasure or value to their work and was able to incorporate some of those things. So in team meetings, being able to have something as simple as small icebreakers and also recognizing not everyone likes those, so you need to be <laughs> aware of that. So bringing in small icebreakers, like what's your theme song uh, for the day is something that got incorporated. And then also being a part of, um, even prior to being a director, being part of our committee, the recognition committee, that actually recognized staff contributions. We had a what was called an I just want to say box where people would put in either anonymously or sometimes with their name, just thank yous or how someone helped them or how they admired someone on the team for their ability to connect with clients or whatever it might be. So that was another avenue. Uh, and then the last one, the one that really comes to mind is having, uh, we would have what was called a weekly decompression. And so that it was set for an hour, typically during lunchtime, where we would play a game or watch part of a movie or do, you know, just something that was different to be able to have a break. And being able to infuse that in the organizational structure was important because it gave people permission that, oh, okay, I can take these breaks on my own. Yeah, I mean that's great that you you know you had an opportunity for a pause. Yes. And and still to still being able to focus on you know the work itself. So you know when we think about challenges and balance, right, that, that we have to have with fun and joy, you know, while we're promoting fun and joy, you know, we know it's beneficial, you know, we could there could be challenges to ensure that it doesn't like derail productivity. So how do you balance ensuring joyfulness without compromise on responsibilities. Again, being able to look at how you can infuse it in the structure that already exists instead of trying to make it set outside. And what I mean by that is you can, um, we, we talk about micro breaks, you can microtize these moments as well, where it's not something that is, is ongoing and also listening to your team. So the small doses of this is actually um, more beneficial than just trying to, I mentioned the decompression. If you're not already do that, doing that, I would not advise like, okay, let's just throw an hour in there because there, there might be some pushback. So it's being able to do these small moments in team meetings um, that are already established, small moments if you're having any kind of um, luncheon, something as simple as even recognizing birthdays can be something that, that is helpful. And, and honoring because again, not everyone uh, defines fun the same way. So you really wanna listen as well to the feedback that you receive. Um, and also respecting, there's some people that are, are private, it's not secretive, but they're private and they might not wanna feel like they're being forced to share. So that's the other part of listening and seeing where your team is at and not trying to jump them into where you want them to be, but, but doing these small micro moments that can be infused in things that are already occurring. Yeah, no, it, it, it's so important to create space for individuals to have a choice. Yes. 
right? Because yes. so a lot of times as leaders, we want to force things on people. We are doing this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and unfortunately, sometimes, you know, in the name of team building, um, we might come together as leadership and decide on these things but it really is listening to your team and now that i sit outside of uh, teams and i'm not working for a nonprofit, but working for myself it is being able to kind of inform you know leadership or or whatnot just being able to have that because that sense of autonomy um is something that it probably gets um know pushed a little bit if it's like okay tell us exactly what you did on your weekend instead of oh hey let's just have a moment of where we shared like a moment of joy or something that brought you delight during the week um one thing right and and i remember being private so my advice to people that are is you pick something that you you know um, is uh, not going to cause you any kind of stress or feeling that you have to really be big when you share. Because that's the other thing that sometimes um, when we infuse fun, uh, it, it gets mistaken that it has to be these really big grand things. I, I completely agree. So let's talk about joy metrics. Mm -hmm. um, joy metrics. I, I was thinking, you know, you know, I was thinking of, you know, what song, uh, God, it just came to mind, but I'll, I'll, it'll come back to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I was thinking like, you know, joy and pain, sunshine and rain. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in an era driven by data, right, mm -hmm. you know, how many, you know, how can organizations really measure the impact of fun and joy in their workplace? So. You know, can you think of any joy metrics or indicators that you would recommend to leaders um, that they should pay attention to um, to make sure that, you know, it's working or not working? So, Dr. Dave, that's kind of the, the harder part, right? Because joy and happiness and these actually when it comes to the metrics, uh, they become synonymous. They get interchanged. But looking at it, such a, it's a subjective thing. So it's really hard sometimes to quantify it. There are, um, there's a scale out there from 1985 that is the satisfaction with life scale. And that's something that people can utilize. There's also um, some scales that have come out in the latter part of um, the 90s, as well as the early 2000s, when um, there's been more research around like, okay, happiness, uh, joy, what makes people happy, is it even something that one should pursue? So the one, and I have it written down here so I wouldn't forget, is um, there's the general happiness scale, and then there's the authentic happiness inventory. Um, that's two. There's a few more out there. But what these are is they're self-reports, and that's where the it's hard to really quantify because it has to come from within. Um, so there's many different things that are on there that measure those things. One thing that leaders can look at is what is the connection that they're seeing within their teams. So um, when looking at happiness, these two things kind of come out as ones that are across the board they saw in more people, which is connection and growth. So being able to look at that, most organizations already have growth metrics. Um, it connection is something again subjective, but that you can you can see in staff morale. You can see in how people are showing up or not showing up. 
in, in team meetings. You can see in work product. So, and, and subject a report, check in with your, your members, let them share with you, you know, how they're doing. Um, but if you want to look at those skills, those are two or well, three that you can kind of check out, but just remembering that they're self-report and because they're not anonymous, sometimes that's a little bit harder because the, well, you could make them anonymous and tell the um, staff to not put their names on there, uh, but being able to, to look at those kind of things. But remembering that some of the things that you are going to see aren't necessarily measurable in numbers. Yeah, and, and, and that's true. You know, it's, it's the, the the famous concept of one size doesn't fit all, right? right. Yeah, because we all have our, our own sense of uniqueness um, in how we approach life. Well, even attrition rates, that's something that people look at all the time. That's actually a, quite a good measure of um, people's well-being in your workplace is what your attrition looks like. Yep. Yep. That, that's for sure. You know, people are running out the door, especially in, in where we are today we, uh, in terms of, you know, for, bringing, forcing people to come back to work, <laughs> right? Or, or, you know, or people who want to stay remote. Um, you know, there's a balance there. Y yes, Dr. Dave, and everyone's finding their rhythm. So just knowing that we might be in this space of trying to find our rhythm for a while, and that's okay. Yeah. I, no, I, I agree. I totally agree. Um, sometimes if we want to look at, and, and you were kind of touching on this earlier in terms of people being different, but when, when we think about that generative leadership in itself spans across diverse cultures and global teams. So how can leaders be sensitive to cultural perceptions of fun while fostering a universal, fostering a universally joyful environment? Again, Dr. Dave, great question. Uh, first thing that pops in my head whenever people ask me these questions is look inward first. So you want to be aware of and be able to acknowledge what you consider fun um, and being able to look at, okay, how do I um, know what I consider fun and be able to put that on the side because then there might be so that you can see if any judgment comes in when you hear something that's different from from yours or just even knowing that some you know even just generationally there's some um rules that we've created around the work environment where actually it isn't a place for fun so being aware of many parts of identity um when it comes to culture like race ethnicity also age um and people's own family experiences so if you look inward first then you're able to know okay am i putting what I think is fun onto others, or am I able to listen to where they're like, oh, actually fun for me is um, being able to just sit quietly, right? And, and being able to um, be open to that. So looking inward and being open first. And then I go back to uh, talking to your team so that you get a better understanding of what they might consider fun. And when you're talking to them, being able to listen to understand instead of listening to respond. Sometimes when people share like my example of, oh, I find it fun just to, you know, kind of sit quietly. And if you're, you know, in the case, if you feel like you're going to say, oh, well, well, that's not fun. What else do you do? <laughs> this is why I want you to look inward first so that you can check that and be able to say, oh, I'm listening to understand. Okay. Oh, can you tell me more about that? 
No, 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 it's great. It's it's great to to engage others and make sure that they're part of the the solution or part of the event that you're you're creating and more stepping in to co-create those yeah. moments of fun, you know, culturally. Because you're right. Um I, I've had the experience of working with, with people from different cultures and things that as, as someone who lives in the United States thought it was fun, you know, someone else coming from different parts of the world did not enjoy them at all. What is that? Right. Yeah. And, and so it, it was a, a bit, it was a struggle right. uh, for some of those individuals. So, and being open to that and yeah. you're going to make mistakes, right? Yep. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> being able to to learn from those. Sometimes we're so afraid of making that mistake that it it ends up immobilizing us. But being able to be open to, okay, I'm going to make this mistake and you'll be okay. Um, how can you you learn from that? And if, if you're starting small, then that's another way to kind of help with that um, and being open to cultural differences and how we define fun and even happiness. So being able to look at those two, because again, they're subjective. Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. You got to run the experiment, I say. Yes. See what we learn. <laughs> <laughs> um so for leaders leaders yeah. who are looking to infuse more fun and joy into their teams it, let's say tomorrow well tomorrow is saturday uh let's say tomorrow whenever tomorrow is a work day you know you know what are three actionable steps or strategies you would recommend uh, so sure the first one is just being able to uh, acknowledge, like if you aren't already doing it, say, hey, this is something that we're going to try. Give people that that heads up to see if you even get some, some buy-in. So that first one is acknowledging that we're going to try something different if it's, it's new for you. Or even acknowledging like, hey, what did you think of the last activity? Being able to just get that feedback there. Uh, the second one is doing something that is um, something like we just did at the very beginning where it's, it's small, it's simple. It takes a minute. What's your theme song? You know, what movie are you into right now? What book um, being able to just kind of ease into it. So that's number two, starting small uh, actionable step of using something that people might be participating in. And that doesn't feel too, too personal to them. Uh, and then number three is um, maybe even having that uh, just you uh, share what what's fun for you. And it doesn't have to be a, a disclosure, but that can be one of the things of how do we define fun uh, of being able to make that an actionable step as well. Yeah, and you know, you get you to, know. yeah, what what people say or don't say <laughs> as well. That's true. I, and so I, I just want to thank you for that personal theme song because I got that from you. I just want, and I want everyone to know that, <laughs> you know, I came on your podcast and, you know, you introduced that to me and said, oh, wow, that was so cool. So, and I asked your permission to steal it or use it. And you said, right on. <laughs> I, Dr. Dave, yes. Because we're, I mean, I always give credit to the adolescent group of uh, young men that I was running at the time and where we would do mood check-ins and asking them what their weather was, was not cutting it. And so yeah. it was like, what's your theme song? Uh, and that has been just my go-to ever since. And like I mentioned, started doing it with my teams, do it on my podcast. So um, I, I like to 
share, um, especially with leaders as they're looking at ways to uh, infuse fun, knowing that that's something that's really simple and really small. Well, it, it, it has been profound for me. So I'm going to continue to use it and give you credit. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Dave. So when we reflect on a personal leadership, um, on a personal note, you know, how do you incorporate fun and joy in your leadership style? We'll start there and then I'll ask you the second question after that. Sure. Uh, well, now it's a little bit different because I, I work for myself. So uh, just even starting my moments off, um, doing some gratitude in the morning. And this is that looking inward first that I recommend for people. Uh, being able to know where I'm at before I interact with others is is something. And then just doing things that I find enjoyable, um, really small. I mean, I'll show you my tea right here. Um, that that's bringing me joy in the morning or even in the afternoon and being able to work from there. Um, when I was leading teams, it was having, it just with the open door policy, there was lots of things in my office. Uh, I had a sand tray, there were quotes, there were books, um, just other things, manipulatives that people could, could utilize. Um, so those are some of the things that I incorporated when I was doing leadership and just being visible, um, being present in, in this hybrid world, you still can be visible and present. It just looks a little different. Yeah. And, 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 you know, oftentimes we, we think sometimes leadership is, is just about in an organization, but you, you have them in your community. Yeah. And I think as solopreneurs, people who run businesses, you know, um, you know, there's some leadership sets that we have, right? Yes. That we have to yes, get ourselves going and working with our partners, you know, whether they're part of our organization or not. Those are other key things to keep in mind as well. Yes, I, I definitely agree, Dr. Dave. Yeah. So, so share a memorable anecdote where this approach made a significant difference in a challenging situation. That's so interesting, Dr. Dave. It makes me actually think about um, clinical practice. So what it, this approach and being able to infuse fun even where people might not think it can exist, um, but it's being able to, again, to be open to the spectrum that exists in our range of emotions. So I was working with um, a child who had experienced trauma and I was going through the evidence-based practice that I was doing at the time. It's called um, trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy. And um, when I was talking about how the model works and whatnot, I would have different tools for doing that. But because this particular um, client actually you know, was into nature, I was like, you know what? This doesn't have to, this is a heavy topic, but we can like, and it's not necessarily infusing fun, but it's being able to leave room for whatever emotions come up, which might also be some happiness and some relief. And so to demonstrate how we were going to go through the model, I created a um, poster board that had flowers on it that had each step of the model. And then I made a little butterfly that would go to each flower each time we made it to a different step. And just being able to use that was something that was was great. And then when we got the relaxation part um, and talking about deep breathing and whatnot, 
uh, one of the things that I do when it comes to that is I talk about bubbles and when we talk about bubbles, we kind of smile, um, but how you have to take a really deep exhale to blow a bu bubble properly. And then um, with this particular client, we did the bubbles, but then I realized, okay, let's try something else. And we did balloons. And so the balloon ended up having a name and the balloon stayed with us actually <laughs> throughout the wow. entire process. And, and I share that example, Dr. Dave, because when you asked me, I'm like, oh, that's the first one that came to mind. And I wanted to share with the, your listeners that um, even when people hear the word trauma, it's, it just sounds like it's such a dark cloud. But we were able to infuse like fun and light into that. Because um, for me, when everyone has a light and when we can have even that kind of playfulness in it, it helps that light grow. Wow, that, that is that is so good. You know, it, it really is. As I was thinking of all of the different experimentations that you're going through in, in that journey to help that individual, you know, find light in, in what mm -hmm. they're doing. So that's just something to 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 remember is that again, um, it it just comes from our brain wanting to classify and make things really simple and making like the notion of work or things that do have maybe a more serious element to them, thinking that there can't be fun or playfulness in it when there actually can be and it can be pretty powerful and helpful because in that case, playfulness and fun help with healing. Of course. So, you know, I, I always like to give, you know, our guests a final word that they want to leave, uh, you know, something that someone, you know, maybe just catching the tail end of this podcast, you know, what do you want to leave the audience with today before we uh, close? Do not be afraid of fun and playfulness in spaces that you might think that it does not belong. Okay. I, I love that. Really simple and to the point. <laughs> so uh, thank you for tuning in to the Now Share with Dr. Dave. Uh, remember, fun and joy aren't just about making work bearable. They make it memorable. So until next time, keep sharing, growing, and enjoying the journey. Anything else? You know, I just love the light that you bring. Uh, you know, I can see it just coming through in the camera. It's awesomeness. Uh, thank you, Dr. Dave, uh, just for people, again, being able to look for those little moments of levity that that are out there and knowing that that doesn't take away from your focus or your discipline or even you, you know, honoring any kind of heavy things that might be going on for you. That levity is important too, for more than one thing. For sure it is. Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No, no share with Dr. Dan.